Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for May 11th, 2018. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Well, tomorrow night is UFC 224 in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And the main event on this show will have Amanda Nunez defending her UFC Bantamweight Championship against uh, Raquel Pennington. And uh, my general feeling when I uh, first previewed this fight, I don't think uh, Raquel is a championship caliber fighter. And uh, she hasn't fought in a while. She actually was supposed, they were actually supposed to do this fight um, last year and Raquel broke her leg in an ATV accident, and so now she's coming back. So we don't even know what she's going to be like. She may be a little rusty. Who knows? Um, I don't think she's the problem. I think the problem is uh, the bantamweight division is a little thin right now because we have had retirements. We have had fighters drop to flyweight. We have Holly Holm fighting at, at welterweight, and... Um, the UFC really hasn't brought anybody, I guess with the exception of Ketlin Vieira, UFC really hasn't brought anybody new in to replace all these fighters. And that's what they have to do. They have to start looking at uh, replacing them. I mean, maybe they'll do a, uh, uh, the, an ultimate fighter, another ultimate fighter for a bantamweight. I don't know. But uh, I, I expect uh, Amanda to win this fight. Of course, Amanda is from Brazil. She now trains at American Top Team and. Florida. Uh, I've been familiar with Amanda since before she came to Brazil, came from Brazil to uh, sign with Strikeforce. And uh, I actually did an interview, probably the first interview that anyone ever did with her on my blog uh, back, uh, I think it was around 2011 or thereabouts. And uh, uh, I like her because she goes out uh, when she go, goes out and she's aggressive and she tries to wreck people. You know, uh, that's when I like her. Um, she tends to have problems when it goes into later rounds because she lacks endurance. Uh, to, to try and, uh, you know, to try and uh, allay those particular fears, uh, she, in her last fight, she went five rounds and beat uh, Valentina Shevchenko by decision. I wasn't impressed with her performance, quite frankly. And, and I really think that, I don't know why she did that. I mean, I obviously the, the uh, uh, strategy was devised by her, her head coach, Conan Silvera, but uh, I didn't like it. If she goes out and does that again, she could lose. You know, I, I think she should just try and finish the fight as soon as possible. And that's when she's most effective, you know, and that's what I would recommend to her. And if she does that, that's fine. Uh, what's going to happen after that with her? If she wins, I don't know. Supposedly, they want to do a super fight with Chris Cyborg, but we've got to work out the timing on that deal. Uh, again, Raquel is a good but not great fighter. Uh, I think she's better than her record, and I think that's mainly because she likes to go out and challenge herself. But I just don't see her uh, having the ammunition to compete with uh, Amanda's power. That's, that's just the main thing. And so... Um, I'm expecting, Amanda is heavily favored, and she should be. Uh, I expect her to win unless something weird happens. And uh, if she goes out and tries to, um, tries to uh, do light sparring with, uh, with Raquel, I mean, she could lose. But I don't think she'll do that. I think she, re- I think she did that the one fight, uh, and I don't think she'll do it again. 
Now, the other fight that is a little more controversial, we have uh, at strawweight, Mackenzie Dern facing uh, Amanda Bobby Cooper. Of course, McKendie, Mackenzie is a BJJ whiz, and she's undefeated in MMA. Uh, she made her UFC debut a couple of months ago, one over, uh, um, one over Ashley Yoder by split decision. Uh, I thought it should have been a unanimous decision. She had a little trouble with Ashley, mostly because Ashley was... Um, uh, southpaw, and I don't think uh, Mackenzie had ever faced a southpaw before. Now, a couple of big things about this fight. One, uh, Mackenzie missed weight, and two, she has switched camps. Now, I have said since she got into MMA that I thought that she was more suitable for flyweight as opposed to strawweight. And, and the reason for that is she's a big girl for strawweight, okay? If you watch her, she's always going to be bigger than her opponent. Uh, even if she makes weight. And uh, she missed weight, uh, I think, at least once down in uh, LFA. Um, so I was not particularly surprised that she missed weight here. Um, the fight is still happening. Um, uh, Amanda is getting 30% of her purse. Uh, it really, for me, doesn't change anything. I think Mackenzie beats her anyway, so it really doesn't matter. But I think there's some thinking that maybe she should be taking training a little more seriously. And that brings me to uh, the next thing. Uh, Mackenzie announced last week at a media lunch that she has moved from MMA Lab in Phoenix to uh, Checkmat in Los Angeles and also Black House, which is also in Los Angeles. And uh, apparently uh, this has more to do with uh, logistics than anything else. Uh, Mackenzie is living in Los Angeles now. And that makes sense because I think she's going to be pursuing uh, some Hollywood opportunities. would not surprise me. And uh, apparently it was getting more difficult for her to travel to Phoenix and be at the MMA lab regularly. So John Crouch told her basically either come more regularly or find someplace closer to where you live uh, that is more convenient for you. And that's what she did. She's now training at... Uh, Checkmat in Los Angeles with uh, head coach who's Brazilian, Joe Vieira. Um, probably she prefers that kind of training. She's also training in striking at Black House. Now, the thing with McKenzie is it doesn't really make any difference whether she's at strawweight or flyweight because the kind of skills that she has on the ground, really, it makes no difference. It makes no difference. Where she really has to improve is in her striking and her striking defense. And uh, she's been a little exposed in that area, but I think uh, as she goes along, she'll pick it up quite freely. The other thing is she has to, even, she, she really uh, has shown that maybe she's, you know, a little immature, and that's not surprising. She's 23 years old, okay? And it's the same thing you ran into with uh, Paige Van Zant, okay? She's a kid, okay? She's got it, and, and unlike Paige Van Zandt, this is where the big difference is in regards to Paige Van Zandt. Mackenzie has highly advanced Brazilian jiu-jitsu skills, okay? Her dad is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu whiz. He's going to be watching her fight for the first time, okay? So she has advanced BJJ skills, something that Paige Van Zandt doesn't have. And so that makes a huge difference. That makes a huge difference. So for, to some point, she can get away with a little bit of immaturity and let her skills take over, but at some point, she's going to have to step up, 
okay, and fight somebody who's a little uh, better than who she's fought so far. So I, because I don't think Amanda Bobby Cooper is any better than anybody that she fought at LFA, okay? I think she's a pretty girl and she's popular on the internet because she's pretty, okay? She's uh, from Michigan. I think she's training in California now. Uh, and um, uh, she's, I saw her in Invicta. I didn't like her much in Invicta. She was on Tough 23. I didn't like her much in Tough 23. She's lost a couple of fights in the UFC. She just hasn't looked good, okay? She's talking like she's going to win this fight, but she just doesn't have the skills. She doesn't seem to. Um, so, but, you know, it's a fight. Anything can happen. But I do expect McKenzie to win. But I think she's going to have to start to be more mature, okay? And maybe be more serious about her training. And maybe... Um, Joe Vieira over at Checkmat can really help her in that regard. Or maybe there's somebody else out there who could help her. And I also think she has to look at uh, hiring a nutritionist. I don't know if she has one or not. I, I have no idea. But I think she has to look at, uh, at uh, uh, hiring a, a full-time nutritionist to help her out in that regard. But the one thing I will say is I think she should move to flyweight. And I thought that two years ago. I haven't changed my tune, so... That's just the way I, I, I feel about it. Okay, we have a couple of new fights to announce um, for UFC 227, August 4th at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. Uh, there's a couple of women's fights going to be on this show that uh, are actually kind of interesting. Uh, both are at strawweight. The first one will have uh, Daniel Taylor versus Weili Zhang. And the other one will have uh, uh, J.J. Aldrich against um, Pollyanna Viana. Okay, so let's look at the first fight. Uh, Danielle Taylor is from California. Uh, her record is 9-3. and three. She's 2-2 two and two in the UFC. Uh, when she came to the UFC from King of the Cage, and I might add that was as a late replacement, she was known as a hard puncher. The problem is she's really short. Like, she's 5 foot tall. She might even be shorter. And so she's the shortest fighter in the division. So her strategy has been a keep-away strategy. And that's not going to finish fights. She, she's not aggressive at all. And in her last fight, which was against J.J. Aldrich, um, she continued to do that even when she was losing after two rounds. And so I don't know what she's going to do in this fight. She hasn't shown much aggression in, in her UFC fight. She's basically done the same thing in all four fights. And I just don't think it's a long-term successful strategy. So some uh, uh, fans have suggested that she drop down to uh, atom weight, perhaps. And she's never fought at atom weight. She's only fought at 115. And, and a lot of that is because she's actually very muscular. I don't know if she could, I don't know if she could make atom weight. Now, her opponent here is an interesting... Um, is an interesting fighter. Veili Zhang is considered to be the best women's fighter in China, mainland China. Uh, she's um, uh, 16 and 1. She's 16 and 1, and um, uh, she was supposed to appear on last week's Ryzen show, but now we know why she pulled out. Uh, mostly she has uh, fought for uh, Kunlun in China, and this will be her first fight outside Asia. Now, look, obviously the UFC is a higher competition level, but 
Danielle has not performed like a UFC fighter. I, I don't think she belongs in the UFC. I think she, she belongs back in King of the Cage or someplace. Okay? The best fighter that Whaley, Whaley has beaten is Emi Fujino. And I think Emi Fujino is a better fighter than Danielle. So uh, I would favor Whaley Zhang in this fight. Uh, but uh, I just, that's because I don't think Danielle is very good. You know, I guess that's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. Um, well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see about that. But they obviously uh, are trying to uh, develop fighters in China. And this is a girl that I know that they were after for quite a while. Now, in the other fight, we have Pollyanna Viana. She is 27 years old from Brazil. She is 10 and 1. Uh, she won her UFC debut over Maya Stevenson by first round rear naked choke. She's a submission ace. The one thing about her is at five foot seven, she is tall for a straw weight. And um, that could be trouble for J.J. Aldrich. Um, J.J. is uh, from Colorado. She uh, trains with uh, Trevor Whitman and Rose Namahunas. Her record is six and two. Um, we first saw her in Invicta, and then she came to the UFC in late 2016 as a late replacement. She's won her last two fights, but I don't think the competition level has been that high. Uh, this girl, Pollyanna, is a big move up in competition level for JJ. And the only thing that, that I like about her is I think Trevor Whitman is a really good strategist, and she seems to uh, listen to him, and that's probably going to uh, do help her in that regard. So that's uh, going to be at UFC 227 in Los Angeles, okay, which uh, the date on that, I don't think I mentioned it, August 4th, okay. Now, I've got a couple of odds and ends to talk about. First of all, uh, coming from uh, Deep Jewels, it was announced today uh, on Twitter that uh, veteran Deep Jewels fighter uh, Naho Sugirak Sugiyama uh, has announced her retirement uh, Naho is a, you know, she fought as, as Sugirak, so I'm going to call her that. Sugirak is a former Deep Jewels champ. Uh, I think they called it lightweight at the time, but it's uh, now, um, it's now uh, atom weight. Um, she's 40 years old. Uh, her record is 12 and 5. Um, the last time we saw her, was last year, February 2017, she lost to Mina Karobe. And uh, I think uh, she's had some injury problems. And also, of course, she's 40 years old, which uh, is not much older than Mina Karobe. She started out in her career undefeated, and then uh, she went to Invicta and had a championship match with Jessica Penne, and uh, she got beaten round two of that fight. And since then, uh, she's been just kind of uh, mediocre. Like, uh, you know, she wins one, loses one. Uh, she's also had knee problems. And so uh, uh, she's getting kind of older. When, when I first heard how old she was, by the way, because early in her career, we didn't know how old she was. So, but, uh, you know, it's interesting because when she started in her career, I guess it was in 2009. So she would have been, uh, uh, she been uh, uh, 31 years old. And that's fairly old to start your career in MMA. And... Um, now she's 40, so it's time to go. It's time to go. I'm sure Takayo Hashi will miss her, as uh, Naho is a uh, training partner of Takayo Hashi. Uh, she had a pretty good career, and she had a championship run, uh, but uh, 
she wasn't getting any younger and uh, she hadn't been, she hasn't done all that active in the last couple of years. Now, a couple of other quick WWE notes. Uh, Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, is reporting that there are whispers about that it will be announced at next week's, on next week's British tour, that Tony Storm has finally signed with the WWE. And this is long overdue, in my opinion. Uh, for those not familiar with Tony, uh, she was in the May Young Classic uh, last September, and she's a tremendous wrestler, especially when you consider that she's only 22 years old. Uh, Tony is originally from Australia, but she lives in England. As I said, she's 22 years old. Uh, she's been uh, working in stardom for the last uh, couple of years. And uh, as I said, she was in the May Young Classic. She had a great match with Kyrie Saint, somebody she knows very well. And uh, she works in England as well for companies like Progress and stuff like that. Um, I thought they should have signed her long ago, but with the uh, uh, world of sport uh, back in the picture uh, with ITV, the WWE is trying to tie up some British talents uh, for the future. And Tony Stoner is certainly somebody they should have tied up a long time ago. Um, uh, does she need to go to NXT? She doesn't, in my opinion, Tony Storm is so good that she doesn't need to go to NXT, except they'll probably send her there anyway just to get her used to camera angles and stuff like that. But she's already a great wrestler at 22 years old. Like, she is really good. And uh, I am looking forward to seeing her on WWE TV if the signing is true, and uh, it probably is. Now, the other thing I noticed is that uh, uh, I noticed someone uh, who appeared at the NXT tapings a few days ago, and that is uh, Gia, or Jaya, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, Jaya Brookside. Now, Jaya is a Brit. She's 18 years old. She is the daughter of UFC trainer Robbie Brookside. And uh, we are, most fans should be familiar with Robbie, especially from his days back in the 90s in WCW, but he's primarily known as a trainer. He's primarily known as a trainer, and he's uh, one of the top trainers down at uh, the uh, WWE Performance Center. So Zaya has been wrestling for three years, uh, and she's been working for stardom for the past uh, six months or so, maybe a little longer than that. And I've seen her in, in Japan, and for an 18-year-old kid, she is pretty damn good. So she's another one that I could see them sign down the road. I think she might be a little young for them right now. Uh, WWE doesn't like to sign teenage women, uh, or teenagers in general, I suppose. But uh, she was there. Uh, 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 Kyrie Sane actually posted some pictures with her on Twitter, and I don't think she'd ever met Kyrie because Kyrie, when she went to uh, stardom, Kyrie was already in uh, was in the WWE. But uh, Kyrie posted that uh, Robbie Brookside, your daughter is very cute. <laughs> so uh, she's somebody else to keep your eye open for because uh, I, I think eventually we will see her in the WWE. Uh, you know, she's got the bloodlines. You can't ask for much more than that. But I thought it was very interesting that she was uh, at the NXT tapings. I wouldn't mind seeing them sign her. She's got talent. She has a big future. It's better than a lot of girls they already got. Can't ask for much more than that. Okay, that's about it for today. 
Uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. And you can subscribe to my uh, podcast at uh, Google Play Music, iTunes, and other services. Uh, I will be back on Sunday with a podcast reviewing uh, UFC 224. Uh, and uh, until then, enjoy the show and have a good weekend. Talk to you later.